everyone and thank you for joining us on Speak Your Truth Radio, a conscious journey to enlightenment. I'm Kristen Bomish, your host, and otherwise I am a spiritual teacher and guide to life mastery for my clients. This program is about the various aspects of life and its truths. Each week we address a different aspect of life and growth. And today joining us is Deborah Paiva. She is a board certified health and wellness coach. Deborah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm it's excited. great to have you. I am too. I'm looking really forward to this. Aside from being uh, a board-certified health and wellness coach, Deborah is also a writer, a speaker, and a jazz and blues vocalist. Deborah enjoys making a difference in people's lives, and today she is joining us to talk about how food is such a critical part in life mastery. But she's also going to tell us a little bit about her own journey, which is quite fascinating. Deborah, what got you here into being in this position? I think in my 20s, I started seeing my parents already taking lots of medications, and I was very concerned about that, and I felt that health was a major piece of what I needed to do in my life, paying more attention to what I was eating and exercising and things like that. Why in my 20s, I don't know, when usually in our 20s, we can eat everything that we want to and nothing affects us. But I started reading um, books by people like Adele Davis and um, even Edgar Cayce, you know, going back to The Sleeping Prophet and really investigating a lot of what affects our bodies. And I found that I was just very drawn to that field. I didn't start out in that field. I started out in music and I also worked in sales for quite a while in sales training. But somewhere along the line, it kept coming back to nutrition. And when I finally decided that I wanted to do more of that, I got certified in in nutrition. I became board certified and started working with a lot of clients one-on-one, doing workshops, doing speaking engagements. And I realized that it was a huge passion for me. Fantastic. So tell, as we look at life, let's back up for the audience a little bit here. As we look at life, um, we're looking at balance. And... Balance does not mean carrying everything on your shoulders and trying to keep it balanced. It means finding that center that allows everything to flow in a balance, in, in, a, in a calm, in, um, in a manner that allows you to consistently grow. So food becomes a critical aspect of that internal balance. And sometimes the food that we take in and the way we take it in, what we take in, how we take it in, however you want to say that, is telling us something about ourselves. And I would like to hear you talk a little bit about how food ties together with mastery for you, like and life and its truth. How does food work with um, with that in your own words? If you can okay. tell the audience, um, and I'll I'll bounce in uh, every now and then too, since you and I really match on on this whole thing together. I think a lot of um, I think with food, a lot of it is self discipline and self control, and what how we do anything is how we do everything. We've all heard that phrase before. And if we have self-discipline in our life in other ways, we can find it in our food as well. We can find it in the things we eat. But I think a lot of people feel out of control. And I don't think balance is ever anything that we that's ever going to be perfect, as you said. I, I like to use the word harmony. I like to try to find a harm, harmonious way to live. So that means 
taking the time to spend a little bit of thought on what you're eating as well as a little bit of thought on what you're doing to really stress a little bit of thought on what you're doing um, for exercise or movement just like we spend a lot of thought on our jobs and our play and all of that I'm, I am always trying striving to help my my clients find balance but I like the word harmony because something is always going to be a little off balance and one of the things I talk about as far as mastering in your life is is being prepared um, it sounds like an old slogan from my Girl Scout days but it it really rings true because things are going to happen in our life I talk a lot about change with my clients mm -hmm. and in my speaking engagements and things are going to happen in our life and we have no control over that someone is going to die in your family someone is going to go into bankruptcy somebody is going to lose their home somebody is going to get hurt somebody's going to go get into an accident whatever it could be you or it could be someone you love it could be a good friend and when that happens if you have been taking care of yourself and you have created some kind of a harmonious life for yourself you are better able to deal with the stress that's going to come from that incredible change and we are all affected by other people so what I try to teach my my clients and try to help them understand is that if you can look at food like anything else you do and put it in balance and really try to eat as healthy as you can that de-stresses your body just like we know exercise de-stresses your body absolutely play de-stresses your body yes <laughs> yes as long as it hasn't been put on the calendar as to do yes um yes in fact i know believe <laughs> Which me i, I know do people too. Who do that, that <laughs> takes it right out of the fun place um it's interesting because as, as you've heard me say before on on this show the indigenous people of the land knew um that balance internally is what gave us health and imbalance gave us injury and illness so as an indigenous people they lived on the land with the land and so they had a much more sharp understanding of the plants the animals there was a, a lot of balance in how they took in the plants and the animals because there was a sacredness about all of that for them but in looking at that food becomes a critical aspect you know you talk about control and preparedness and yet we also are going to talk about harmony so somewhere in that person they are learning about food and if there if it does have to be something that they um, kind of force or control initially we know it's inharmonious with something that's going on inside and at that play at that time there may be some sort of an emotional or spiritual challenge happening inside that's keeping them from gently embracing a food that would create a greater harmony within themselves how often do you find things like that happening and can you talk to the audience a little bit about how your clients are as they speak to you and as you listen you find that 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 disconnect or that lack of harmony inside that might be leading them to foods that are not creating balance within or are or, or maybe fostering that imbalance that they're living with yes um, I agree with you Kristen that happens all the time mm -hmm. people are looking at food as something they have to do um, when they're rushed at lunch or when they come home from dinner they're 
um, sitting down in front of the TV trying to get the day's news and thinking of all the things they have to do before they go to bed that night and they're just making whatever they can to shove in their mouth and they're not thinking about it. So it's not a matter of conscious eating anymore. We're not conscious of what we're eating. We're not taking the time to be present in the moment. We're not eating slowly, blessing your food beforehand, right. thinking about what food you're eating. There was a study done um, that where actually they found that people that were self-controlled about their eating managed to keep their weight more in line than people who were not. And all that meant was that those people really thought about what they were eating. And they took the time, they found that those people took the time to eat. Another study um, talks about how if you are sitting in front of the television, eat healthy food. Because we tend to eat in front of the TV mindlessly. So at least if you're eating a salad or really healthy food and, and you know something like celery and and hummus, then that's fine. But if you're eating chips or snacks in front of television, you're not paying attention to how much you're eating. And we all know, we've all been through this, going through a whole half a bag of something and then suddenly looking down and being horrified. I've done that with ice cream myself. So the reason I, I teach what I teach and coach about wellness is because these are struggles that I've had in my own life as well. So you're talking about mindful eating, which makes sense to probably, you know, most of the people in the audience. Um, so if we're more mindful, we're also mindful of that life, that energy that we are ingesting and what is it that we're taking in and what match is it to the energy that we wish to experience within ourselves and is it also in harmony with who we are in truth are we eating foods that are complementing uh, that truth of self or do we have an active challenge and we're eating foods that are actually fueling that challenge. So that would be part of your mindful eating that, that, that you're talking Absolutely. about, right? Okay, so in that mindfulness, how, how do you help people get a little bit more aware of that? I know that you probably help them with what to eat. How do you then get them to, to shape that mindfulness and wrap their, their heart around this new way of um, honoring their temple or body? I like to ask, um, and I always ask every every client that comes in, how they feel about food, number mm -hmm. one. Because okay. most people have never thought about how they feel about food. But most of my clients come to me, they're feeling um, stressed, mm -hmm. bloated, mm -hmm. cranky, mm -hmm. feeling like it's all to do with aging, and they're getting old. And it has nothing to do with aging. It has to do with what you're putting in your body, but it also has to do with the the feelings that you're having as you're putting that food in your body, which is exactly what you're saying. So I ask them how they feel about food. If someone comes to me and they're feeling um, a lot of pain, we talk about inflammation. Mm -hmm. But how are you feeling about that pain? And a lot of times there's a lot of anger associated with the pain that they're feeling. And so if you're eating food and you're angry, that is not blessing the food as it's going into your body. And it's certainly going to be considered more toxic for your body as you're taking it in. So a lot of it has to do with mindset, as you're saying, and it actually everything has to do with mindset. You could actually eat um, probably more of the foods that are not considered as healthy and and be healthier if your mindset was correct. If you, But most people are sitting down saying, well, I'm eating these cookies, I shouldn't be, I feel really bad that I'm doing it, but I don't care and I'm gonna eat them anyway. 
that's a terrible mindset to be eating some anything in. Yeah, yeah, even green beans. And eating when you're sad is not a good thing. I mean, in eating when you're angry, eating when you're sad, any of those eating. emotions, those are all, those are all, that's all emotional eating. And not only do we make the wrong choices, we don't make the healthiest choices at that point, but even if we're making healthy choices, that healthy food is not going into our bodies as spiritually pure as it would have been had we been in a better mindset. True. Absolutely true. Yes. So as we, as we are talking about this, you're hearing about the mindfulness, you're thinking about and, and there is a thoughtfulness here. There's also an experience that goes beyond the brain, which is, you know, to feel what it is you're feeling. Deborah talked about the bloatedness. She talked about, you know, how people are feeling when they come to her, but then they want to think things through. And there is a disconnect there because you put, you're, if you're in a, in a place of fear-based emotionality, where, whether that's anger or sadness or hurt or loneliness or um, betrayal or whatever it may be, and you're eating that energy of the fear-based emotion is then going to alter the energy of the food, which is what Deborah is, is saying quite clearly here. So as you address the emotionality and its purpose in your life, and then you become mindful of the food you're putting in, and if it is a pure food, can you take it in in a way that you actually say to yourself, heal my soul. Mm -hmm. Don't refuel this fear, but heal my soul. Help me move beyond it by, by nourishing me and loving me from within. So... That's that's the kind of experience I've had with Deborah in the way she addresses food and 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 help to help people kind of wrap that kind of understanding of a food from a, a place of positive embrace in their mindfulness rather than being mindless and really just taking it in and letting it just refuel the very fear-based or darkness that's happening within them um, unconsciously or subconsciously. It's almost as if they're recreating some of that upset. Um, beautifully said yes yes I have another point too that I'd like to make that sometimes we feel deprived when we mm -hmm. feel like we're we should be eating healthy or are we we have a coach or a nutritionist or someone or a doctor that says you really need to get in shape and you need to eat healthier whether it's because I deal with a lot of clients um, you know that have diabetes and high blood pressure and high cholesterol and um, obesity and inflammation and pain and all of those things. So somewhere along the line, they have been told you need to eat healthier. And I think people start to feel deprived. And until they begin to see, until they begin to change their mind about food and see how food is really nourishment for the body. And the more nourishment they give the body and just slow down and really be mindful as we're talking about of what they're putting in their body and really enjoying every mouthful, gradually their taste buds begin to change yes. and they begin to see how those foods are really delicious and really wonderful because they start to feel differently. Sometimes it's a matter of just eliminating a few foods and trying for a, a week or two to just eat really healthy and then seeing and it's not that you can never eat those foods again this is what I tell my patients this doesn't never it doesn't mean never this is life we all want to have a great time we all go to parties we go to wine and cheeses we do all those wonderful social events but I think if people are just more aware of what they're thinking while they're eating they suddenly begin to realize that their body needs fuel and clean nourishment and they begin to get more in tune with their physical self yes I, I deal a lot with body image as well and that's a oh, big yeah. thing especially with women oh yeah 
Oh yeah, and it's interesting because I, as I, I said on a previous show, the more we step into mastery in our own lives, and the more clear and 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 crisp we get inside, in absence of those darker emotions, those denser emotions, those denser energies, is really, we start to to eat more naturally as well, and it's interesting to see how we, you know. Whichever way we go, it influences the other. Whether we're right. sitting in a, a state of spiritual and emotional balance, and that's bringing us into some sense of balance nutritionally or food-wise anyway, um, or not. Uh, we can start with the nutrition and come back, and that can influence the, the, the mastery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to watch that interplay between what we put into our body and, and how that manifests uh, in our experience of life and how our experience of life can influence what we wish to put into our body. I agree. And I see with my clients that when they begin to feel in control of what they're eating, mm-hmm. when they really begin to feel in control because they're making good choices, mm-hmm. and when they're, when they're choosing something different that we might consider a non-healthy food, they're making that as a conscious choice. They're not feeling get bad or guilty they're enjoying the moment and then they're going back to making healthy choices again when when people do that we begin to feel when we begin to do that we begin to feel more in control of everything more in control of our emotions more in control we're, we're suddenly starting to feel more peaceful and a lot of this has to do with our bodies because food can cause so much stress in our bodies I know so much stress especially the man-made really yeah. I mean, people don't really think about it, but man-made foods are certainly Absolutely. That's one of the first things that body. I try to tell my clients to move away from is just move away from anything that's in a box. Yeah. You know, anything that's in a box, anything, that, you know, breads on the shelves, buy, you know, fresh made bread or bread that's frozen with no preservatives, right. you know. Right. Do do um buy animal products that have no hormones in them and no antibiotics in them and take that extra step buy organic you can even go online and you can look at the dirty dozen there are some foods that you can actually buy that aren't organic and they're fine like onions and garlic so you don't have to spend a lot of money to eat healthy and I think sometimes people think it's all or nothing that's the other thing I'd like to address people go into this all or nothing mode and it isn't all or nothing baby steps make a huge difference yes they do. one little change makes a huge difference yes it does I, I say that to my clients in life that you know once you make one change and you hold it steady they say it becomes a habit in 14 to 21 days then adding one more step to it you know and and I remember exactly. in my own life I remember thinking one day um, so if I'm uncomfortable with the weight I'm at, and I keep doing everything the way I am, then I'm going to stay at the weight I'm at. Mm-hmm. So that's going to go on ad infinitum, right? Mm-hmm. But if I change one little thing, right, and all of a sudden the weight starts to come down, then that's pretty cool. Because then I can still be living my life exactly as I want to be living my life, but I've changed one little thing, and the weight starts to come down. And then maybe one day I'll choose to change one more little thing. And maybe the weight will come down a little bit more. Exactly. And so all of a sudden it made sense to me. And I don't know if this is coming across um, to the audience as well. But it made sense to me that instead of trying to do everything at once, 
Because then, I'm, you know, you have more of a chance of giving up in, in life because it's too overwhelming. We see that with people who try to go to a gym and do it all at once, and then they quit because, you know, it's all Absolutely. or nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, if you don't do anything, it's going to stay the same. If you try to do everything, it's too much. So why are you fighting that? that battle just do one little thing because it's better than doing nothing I agree I say this all the time and I do this as well you know we teach what we need Mm -hmm. most of us do that in our lives and so I need the constant reminders myself to exercise for example Mm -hmm. my life gets so busy between writing and speaking and coaching and doing the other things that I'm doing um, and singing but I find that okay I can't do a full workout today but I can work on my abs for 15 minutes. Oh, sure. You know, I can do arms for 10, you know, or I can choose today that I'm going to do thighs and butt for 15. You know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be everything every day or big chunks of time. It's just small little bite-sized things that you kind of pick away at. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a real important part. And it does allow people to get into a flow. And again, you know, and, and... it's. I'm sure you've read the same thing. Fourteen to twenty-one days. Absolutely. Uh, you know, to change a do, habit. Yep, it tr- puts it into a habit. Once it's a habit, you're not thinking about it. You're just doing it. You know, it's important to believe in ritual and ceremony in this lifetime. And shamans have been teaching that for all of time. And now, as we get into um, the way we're looking at life today, I think people are going back to l- looking at what are the rituals in your life. You know, you get up in the morning and. You may have a glass of water, brush your teeth, whatever you do in the morning, first thing, you know, however you put your feet on the ground even may have something to do with it. But every morning you have your own ritual and the same with your eating habits. They're ritualistic in some way. And so to pay attention to those rituals, um, I know Deborah works with that as well. And You're talking about control and some of that concept of control, I think, is really the ritual that goes around I love that word. And I, I love that word and I love rituals. Mm-hmm. And if I think about my morning ritual, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, stepping out, opening my shade, seeing the sun coming in, or even if it's a gloomy day, just seeing the light coming through the windows, yes. you know, turning down my bed, petting my cat, going over and making tea, you know, that, that whatever the ritual is of the morning. And I think that that's where the mindfulness starts. Absolutely. First thing in the morning, if you can stay in that peace and do the same thing, whether you're making yourself a protein shake or you're making yourself an egg, an egg, or if you're making yourself oatmeal or whatever it is, feeling that ritual of it and feeling yes. that beauty of it and being grateful for that wonderful food and remember reminding yourself to bless it and and bless because as that food enters your body, that blessed food is going to give you so much more nutrient and starting your day with that ritual is just um it's it it changes everything absolutely it almost seems like it would have to be because you'd be in such a a grateful place you know the mindfulness of the ritual and what you're doing and enjoying each step of the way puts you in such a a receiving space you know you're taking things in 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 a grateful way rather than in a grumpy kind of rejecting kind of way it changes your day it It does does. it changes your day everything in your day becomes more mindful Um, you become more grateful you notice things you notice people you're more mindful to people you're speaking with you're more mindful of flowers you see it it just changes your day so here we are talking and laughing about things that brighten your day and you you sing and your voice brightens people's days every time you sing (laughs) 
How does your voice tie into what you do today? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> because initially I used to feel very split up. I've been singing for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And you know, coaching, speaking actually, I've been singing for a very long time and speaking for over 20 years. Um, I worked with Microsoft at one point. I've done a lot of speaking with corporations, a lot of training. Mm -hmm. And then I went into coaching about 10 years ago. And it seems maybe to the um, the onlooker that I'm doing all these things and I'm very split up. But to me, it's all communication. And to me, it's all communication and it's all inspiration. So when I'm, when I'm speaking, I'm trying to inspire people to create changes in their life. When I'm coaching, I'm, I'm partnering with my mm -hmm. client to help them in whatever way they want my help to make changes in their life. When I'm singing, I look at it, I'm singing from my heart and I'm really, that is the one thing I probably do more for me. However, I'm also trying to inspire the audience to do yeah. what makes them feel passionate. And so if they love what I do, they suddenly feel like, well, that's fun. Maybe I could do something. Maybe I could paint. It might not be singing, but maybe I could paint. Maybe I could learn to play the piano, whatever. It's just, I try to remember that it's my joy. And so I try to bring that to the audience as well. But it's still communication. It's all inspiration for me. And it inspires me as well as the people I work with. I'm sure. It's interesting because I'm going to play with your, your words just a little bit. Your voice opens people to the possibilities and your coaching opens people to the possibilities. So your voice allows them to be inspired to the possibility of change in their creativity. But it's also because it's coming from your heart. It's coming joy-filled. So the energy reaching out to them is a positive honored energy and it they receive it that way and it's exactly what you said earlier in your talk that if you bless your food if you honor your food when you take it in the energy of that food will change the inside of you in some way so the the voice that comes from your singing or your speaking Mm -hmm. is a voice that comes from your heart and so the energy that carries with it is a very pure healing energy that's blessed from your own heart so again what you're doing from an energetic stance is saying if we can use the energy of our words the energy of our voice then we can also use the energy of our food to help us heal from the inside out and then of course it would go in the opposite direction as well and I think that is very true absolutely and we all know that what we um, what we focus on, mm -hmm. we become. What we think about, uh, we manifest. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a big piece of it also. As I'm singing, I'm not really, I have to not concern myself with does the audience love me? Does the audience enjoy me? I have to, I, my only concern is really allowing it to come through me. Really mm -hmm. allowing the, the voice, the lyrics, everything, the feeling to come through me and come through my heart. And I think it's the same way when people, quite frankly, when people are eating. If you're eating something and you're thinking, this is going to make me fat, well, guess what? That's probably going to make you fat. Or it's, some people say, if I eat this, I'm going to have pain later. Then either stop eating it or don't say that to yourself. Instead, say, I'm blessing this as it's coming into me and I know that I'm going to feel wonderful later. So everything has to do with 
the, the perspective, the perspective that I'm looking at this particular thing from, whether it's singing or whether it's eating or whether it's painting or whatever it is I'm doing, I ha it has to be heart-based and it has to be love-based. And I, that's probably the biggest thing for me in everything I do. Well, it's always the love and the heart that heals. Absolutely. So if we're going to put our intentions into our food, then it's certainly, if you're hearing Deborah loud and clear, you certainly want to make sure that everything that goes into your mouth is of love and does not have any fear-based intentions attached to it at all. And watch that slow manifestation of love and healing begin. So, Deborah, do you do um, any phone consults with people? You, so yes. you have people all across the nation and Canada, is yes, my understanding? Yes, I, okay. I do phone consults, yes. Um, people can reach me by either my email, um, which is Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H dot Piva, P as in Peter, A-I, V as in Victor, A, at Comcast dot net. They can reach me that way. Or they can reach me by phone, which is 561-809-5889. And they can reach me either way. They can also um, check out my music if they'd like on DeborahPiva.com, which is the same spelling that I just gave, D-E-B-O-R-A-H-P-A-I-V-A.com. That's right now, that site leads directly to my music, but it is being restructured, so it will be also leading to webinars and some videos Great. of my coaching and my speaking as well. So that's in the works at the moment. Um, and eventually it will have my book on there too, but that's a topic for another time. But I um, I do do a lot of phone coaching. I also do group sessions and I do webinars as and well. And how about corporate uh, luncheons? Do you do any yes, corporate talking? Yes, okay. absolutely. I've done a lot of work for PAPCOR, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. which um, is cancer research. It's a cancer research organization. I do a lot of ladies' luncheons. Um, I've done a lot of different types of business luncheons. I do the women's in Del here in Delray Beach, Florida. I do the women's expo every year in February, and I'll be doing it again this year, speaking um, on pretty much the same topics I'm talking about right Fantastic. now. Fantastic. Okay, so you've got uh, Deborah's contact information. Again, that's Deborah Piva um, at Comcast.net. That's Deborah.Piva, P-A-I-V-A, at Comcast.net for emailing her. Um, please feel free to ask her any questions that you may have and to, you know, if you'd like to use her for speaking engagements in any way, she is a fantastic speaker, um, but also for any personal uh, needs, she is available for all of that. Um, in closing, what are some of the things that you would like to leave the audience with? Anything in particular? Um, I guess the most important thing is really thinking about what you're saying to yourself about food. I'm passionate about food, but, it, but I am even more passionate about thoughts and how thoughts affect everything in our life. And... I've seen that in my own life. I've seen myself manifest things that I really, really wanted and things that I didn't want at all. And again, topics for other conversations, but I think the most important thing is really being mindful of what you're telling yourself each and every moment of each and every day. And I know that's difficult, but it does get easier, baby steps. But at least start doing that when you're eating and 
you will find that you will, first of all, you will begin to make better choices. You just will. And secondly, you will be blessing the food as it comes into your body. And you won't be telling yourself, this is going to give me pain or this is going to give, make me bloated or this. You'll be telling yourself, this food is wonderful and it is going to heal me. And as often as you say that, the more you say that, the more you will find the blessing. That food is really a blessing. It is, it's nutrition and it's energy for our bodies and we need it. We need it. And remember to breathe while you're eating as well. Eat mindfully, slowly, and breathe. <laughs> so be mindful. of every, That could be your baby step starting today if you're not doing it already. Um, you know, Think of what you're putting in your body. Clear your intentions and allow your intentions to be that your food is healing and that the food that you're putting into your body is healing. And not only will you see that the food you're putting into your body does heal, but you may start putting more healing foods into your body. So it will go in a number of directions. That's the way it works. Yes, it does. So again, as we eat with a mindfulness and a positive intention, that will lead to positives going throughout this lifetime, helping you find balance inside yourself, inside your life, and feeling and experiencing life from a more healthy perspective. So to all of you out there, this is Kristen Bomas. Uh, if you have any questions that you would like to contact me with, you can reach me at kristenbomas.com, which is K-R-I-S-T-E-N-B-O-M-A-S.com, or at 954-725-7200. Again, that number is 954 725-7200. Feel free to contact me with any questions. We have really enjoyed being with you, Deborah. This has just been a really fantastic show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for asking me. It's been my pleasure, and you are such a blessing. Ah, as are you. <laughs> Thank you so much. To all of you out there, may you have a fabulous day with each and every morsel of food that enters your body.